Kohelet, Perek Aleph, Pasuk Yudbet. Just quickly before I start the Shirut today, Kohelet is very difficult to divide into units, and the traditional chapter headings that we have under Perek Aleph, Perek Bet, uh, do not do a very good job of dividing the book into uh, the proper units, the proper topic. As we'll see uh, in a few minutes, the end of the first chapter over here and the beginning of the second chapter are supposed to be read quite seamlessly. The first uh, pasuk of the second chapter is in fact the continuation of the thought that came at the end of the first chapter. And so I'm not going to divide the book into the traditional chapter headings. What I'm going to do is divide the book into different units. The unit we did in the previous shirud was the prologue of the book. It was not Kohelet proper, so to speak. The Pasuk Yudbet in Perek Aleph actually starts Kohelet proper. And this unit starts in this uh, in this Pasuk. And it ends at the end of Perek Bet, the last Pasuk of Perek Bet. All in, we have 33 Pesukim in this unit. And in fact, you can sort of spot the unit with an inclusio over here, Pasuk Yud Gimel over here. Uh, Kohelet says, he talks about how Hashem gave an Inyan Ra, Natan Inyan Ra. And the end of the Perik, in fact, sorry, the end of Perik Bet, you see the same thing, where again, God is Noten Inyan. And so you have the units actually marked by a literary device over here of Noten Inyan. Just a quick introduction to this unit. Kohelet in the prologue, as we said, was discussing mostly nature. Kohelet moves on from discussing nature. The entire book is not, in fact, about nature. It is about man. And Kohelet is not, in fact, interested in humanity at all. He's interested in the private, singular human experience. The reason he starts with nature in the prologue is because the cyclicality of nature is what leads to man meditating on his own significance in the grand scheme of things. A significant characteristic of this particular unit is that Kohelet talks about himself in the first person. The word ani appears many times in in this unit. And in fact, if you did uh, did a count of first person verbs you will find that we there is there are close to a hundred different uh, appearances of first person verbs natati higdalti hosafti kohelet is always talking about himself in the first person and it's extraordinarily emphasized in this unit finally before we actually begin the pesukim of the unit what i want to do is talk about the structure of the unit this part of Kohelet discusses the attainment of wisdom and on the one hand and the attainment of wealth and uh, and physicality, diff- other different physical achievements on the other hand. And the way it can be divided is as follows. Perek Aleph, Psukim Yud Bet through Tet Zayin are a sort of introduction. Pasuk Yud Zayin through Perek Bet, Pasuk Gimel will be Kohelet's first rumination on wisdom and his initial conclusion. From Pasuk Daled through Pasuk Yud Aleph and Perek Bet, he will have a parallel first rumination on uh, physical achievement, on uh, on the attainment of wealth and other physical pleasures. Both of these ruminations, the first rumination on wisdom and the first rumination on physical attainment, will end with a conclusion, of course, that each has each of those, both wisdom and physical achievement, has no lasting value. And we'll see how he reaches those conclusions. 
then from Pasuk Yudbet through Pasuk Tetzain in Perek Bet will be a second rumination on Chokhmah, on wisdom. And then from Pasuk Yudzain through the end of Perek Bet will be a second rumination on a physical achievement. And again, what we'll see throughout the Perek is he's going back and forth from pontificating about Chokhmah to pontificating about physical achievement, to pontificating about chokhmah, to pontificating about physical achievement. And there's a sort of parallelism between each of his pontifications about chokhmah versus physical achievement. Pidik Aleph Pasuk Yudbet, Ani Kohelet Haiti Melech Al Yisrael Birushalayim. I, Kohelet, have been king over Israel in Yerushalayim. This is quite important, actually, because as we'll see, the first set of considerations of Chokhmah versus physical pleasures, physical achievements, the first conclusion will actually be sort of Kohelet telling the reader, trust me, I've experienced these, and I can tell you that they have no lasting value. For a regular human being, trust me is probably not a very good proof for uh, an intellectual conclusion, but when the person telling you these things is Shilomo Amelech, who is said to have amassed, who, who we know has amassed great wealth, and we also know has amassed great wisdom, for him to tell the reader or the listener that neither the amassing of wealth nor the amassing of wisdom has any lasting value, that conclusion has great significance. And when Shalomo Amelech says, trust me on these, then we can certainly trust him. And that's why this unit starts with, I, Kohelet, have been king over Israel in Yerushalayim. Pasuk Yud Gimel, V'natati elibi lidrosh velatur b'chokhmah al kol asher na'asata hat ha-shamayim. And I set my heart to inquire and seek through wisdom of all that is done under the heavens. He starts here by using chokhmah in order to explain everything that happens, uh, the significance of uh, what happens in the world. This, this trying to search for a meaning by using chokhmah, by using wisdom, this is an evil activity that God gave to Bnei Adam, to men, to busy themselves with. So he's already kind of giving you a preview that the search for meaning through wisdom will not result in finding an adequate answer. I have seen all the deeds that are done under the sun, and look, it is all mere breath. is the shorish over there. is hurting the wind, pursuing the winds, just like Eroaitson herds his sheep. This person, Kohelet, uh, is hurting the wind, and of course. The metaphor of herding the wind, that is H-E-R-D, herding the wind, gives one the impression of futility, just like the uh, breath. Just like the breath is ephemeral, herding the wind is futile, because there's no way that one can trap the wind. And we'll see this uh, the usage of the term ur'utruah multiple times, many, many times throughout the course of the sefer. Notice that in Pasuk Yud Gimel and Pasuk Yud Dalit, you have a certain parallelism between chokhmah and ma'aseh, between wisdom and deeds. The wisdom, as we will find throughout 
Sefer Kohelet, throughout Megillat Kohelet, is always going to be referred to in the context of Tahat Hashemaim, under the heavens, whereas the deeds and the attainment of physical achievement, Ma'asim and Amal, and uh, all the physical goods that Kohelet actually acquires, all those are going to be Tahat Hashemish, or Tahat Hashemish, they are going to be under the sun, not under the Shemaim. And that kind of makes sense. The sun sort of sets a physical boundary for the earth, and so all of his physical achievement will be under the sun. Wisdom is not physical at all. It really has no physical boundaries, and so that will be used in the context of Tahat HaShamayim, under the heavens. Pasuk Tetvav. Why is it that, as we saw in Pasuk Yud Gimel, searching for meaning through wisdom is in Inyan is an evil activity? Why is it that, as we saw in Pasuk Yudaled, all of the physical deeds on the earth are all hevel and they're utruach? Why, why is that? Because Pasuk Tetvav, Me'uvat lo kon, lo The crooked or twisted cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be made full. Neither wisdom nor material wealth could straighten out what's crooked or fill up what's lacking. And this sort of ends the introduction to the unit, the first few psukim of this unit, where the autobiographical unit whereby Kohelet compares physical achievement to Chokhmah. Pasuk Tetzain, Dibarti ani im libi lemor ani hine higdalti vehosafti Chokhmah al kol asher haya lefanai al Yerushalayim velibi ra'ah rabbi Chokhmah vada'at. I spoke to my heart saying, as for me, look, I increased and added wisdom beyond all who were before me over Yerushalayim, and my heart has seen much wisdom and knowledge. Here, Kohelet is starting his first reflection on wisdom in this unit, on his first reflection on Chokhmah. He notifies the listener, no one before me has attained or has been able to gather the levels of wisdom and knowledge that I have. I set my mind to know wisdom and to know revelry and folly, i.e. on the one hand I set my mind to know chokhmah, and on the other hand I set my mind to know uh, revelry and folly, and of course what he's saying here is that he wants to know what distinguishes between chokhmah on the one hand and Holelot v'sichlut, revelry and folly. On the other hand, yadati shegamzehu v'aryon ruach. For this too, he says, is just hurting in the wind. What distinguishes between chokhmah on the one hand and holelot v'sichlut on the other hand is really just pursuing the wind. In other words, there isn't that much that separates wisdom from revelry and folly. Pasuk Yud Chet, Ki berov chokhmah rov ka'as, ve'yosif da'at, yosif mech'ov. For in much wisdom is much sorrow, and he who adds wisdom adds pain. Ka'as over here does not mean literally anger, it means ka'as. Like in the story of Hannah at the beginning of Shemuel, ve'chi'asata sarata, to make miserable. Ka'as here means misery and sorrow. More wisdom, says Kohelet, is just correlated with more sorrow and misery. 
Notice, again, he's not giving you any proofs. He's simply asserting it by virtue of his being Shilomo HaMelech and his having attained all this wisdom. He's just telling you, trust me, I know I've attained all this wisdom. And all I've found is that all this wisdom leads to uh, sorrow and pain. Perek Bet Pasuk Aleph Amarti Ani Belibi I said in my heart Lechana Nasicha Besimcha Urebetov Come now, let me pour out wine in merriment and enjoy good things. And look, this too is mere breath, Hevel. So, whereas in Pasuk Yudhet, the previous Pasuk, in Perek Aleph, wisdom led to heartache and pain, Kohelet is saying, don't think that cheerfulness and mirth is any better, that too is just Hevel. In fact, Pasuk Bet, Lishok, my reaction, what I say to mirth and cheerfulness, it's just revelry. It has no lasting value. Simha, simha here does not necessarily mean uh, what we usually uh, refer to as happiness. Here it means the sort of uh, merriment that comes with physical pleasure. Simha to that merriment, what is it good for? What does it do? Does it have any value? Does it have any purpose? What Kohelet is doing over here is reflecting, is articulating the reflections of the Hacham, or really of his own Chokhmah, saying that while his own Chokhmah has just led to sorrow, he's considered the other side, so to speak, and he finds that wanting as well. Pasuk Gimel, Tarti Belibi Nimshoch Bayain Et Besari. I sought in my heart to ply my body with wine. I considered partaking of physical pleasures. While my heart acted with wisdom on the one hand, but on the other hand, and at the same time, I would be grasping onto folly, onto the sikhlut, that is the result of physical pleasure. And why would I be doing this? Why would I be holding on to chokhmah and sikhlut at the same time? Ad asher ere. Until I might see what is good for men to do under the heavens in their lifetime, in the number of their days. Kohelet now ends his first reflection on Chokhmah, on wisdom, by saying that the next step of his reflections was to hold on to his wisdom, but also to try out uh, physical pleasure and see physical attainment and see what would be the result of that. And that physical attainment and physical pleasure, the reflections on that will begin in the next Pasuk, Pasuk Talid. Higdalti Ma'asai, I made great works. Baniti li batim, I built myself houses. Natati li keramim, I planted for myself vineyards. Notice how the beginning of this first reflection upon physical achievement starts with Higdalti Ma'asai, whereas the first reflection upon wisdom, which we saw in Pasuk Tetzain of the previous Perek, that started with Higdalti Vehosafti Chokhmah. So in both of them, both in the Chokhmah and in the physical achievement, Shilomo starts off by saying Higdalti. I did more of this than anyone else. In the physical realm, I started out by building houses and planting vineyards. Pasuk he asiti li ganot ufardesim venatati bahem aes korperi. I made for myself gardens and orchards and planted in them every kind of fruit tree. 
פסוק וו עשיתי לי בריכות מים להשקות בהם יעל שומח ערסים. I made for myself pools of water from which to water a wood growing trees. A forest growing trees. These פסוקים, by the way, almost recall the types of words we see in the creation section of Bereshit. Shalomo over here builds, he plants, he makes bodies of water and, far, bodies of water and forests. He is almost imitating the work of the Creator. פסוק זין, קניתי עבדים ושפחות ובני בית היה לי. I bought male slaves and female slaves and had homeborn slaves as well. גם מקנה בקר וסון הרבה היה לי. מכל שהיו לפניי בירושלים. Also many herds of cattle and sheep did I acquire, did I have, more than all who were before me in Yerushalayim. פסוק ח' קנסתי לי גם כסף וזהב, I gathered for myself gold and also silver, וסגולת מלכים והמדינות, and the treasure of kings and provinces, עשיתי לי שרים ושרות, I made for myself men and women singers. I got for myself the pleasures of humankind. is very difficult. We don't see this word anywhere else in Tanakh. So I'm going to go with the Ibn Ezra's explanation. The Ibn Ezra says that this is a reference to pilagshot, uh, to concubines. That is a continuation of the previous words, Ta'anugot b'nei ha'adam, physical pleasures of humankind. The uh, Kohelet is saying, I got all the physical pleasures of humankind, including Shida v'shidot, many, many concubines. Pasuk tet v'gadalti v'hosafti, again those verbs, I grew great and I added, v'gadalti v'hosafti, mikol shehaya lefanai b'yirushalayim, from anyone who was before me in Yerushalayim. Of course, there was only one major king before Shalomo in Yerushalayim, and that was his own father David. Af chokhmati amdali, even with all the physical attainment that I had, I also kept my wisdom at the same time. And of course, the goal is to compare the attainment of wisdom and the attainment of physical things and see which comes out on top. And so it's very important for Kohelet to tell you that his wisdom remained with him at the same time as he acquired all these physical things. Pasuk Yod, V'chol asher sha'alu aynai lo asarti mehem. All that my eyes sought, I did not withhold from them. Lo manati et libi mikol I did not deny my heart any merriment. Ki libi sameach mikol amali, v'ze haya halki mikol amali. My heart was merry from all my efforts to amass all, this physic, all these physical goods, and this was my share, my portion, from the effort that I expended to amass all these physical goods. Kohelet is actually admitting here that there is some joy, ephemeral as it may be, some uh, merriment and cheerfulness in acquiring physical goods. He's going to reject that outright in a second. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Ufaniti ani bechol ma'asai she'asu yadai u'be'amal she'amalti la'asot. I turned to all the things that my hands acquired, u'be'amal she'amalti la'asot, and all the effort that I expended, ve'hine ha'kol hevel u'ra'ut ruach. Everything was mere breath, hevel u'ra'ut ruach, and pursuit of the wind. Ve'en yitron tahat hashamish. All this physical attainment has no yitron. And the word yitron comes from the shorish of yoter, 
In other words, the sum total of what I possessed, even after I attained all these physical achievements, the sum total was not more, was not yoted than what I had before. This completes the first set of reflections that Kohelet has on uh, the attainment of wisdom versus the attainment of physical goods. He attained the first, thought that it may bring meaning, to it, that it may have value. He ends up saying, He then says, maybe I should try holding on to this while achieving uh, great physical attainment. That also doesn't work because he does achieve great physical things. And in fact, he looks at all of the physical things that he achieves. And at the end of the day, he says, really, I don't have any more to myself after achieving all these physical things than I did beforehand. In this first set of reflections, very importantly, Kohelet does not bring you any logical proof or logical reasons why the attainment of wisdom or the attainment of great physical pleasure and goods doesn't have any value. He is basically coming to you from the standpoint of Ani Kohelet, I am the king, and I have in fact attained all this wisdom and attained all this physical pleasure and all these physical goods, and I can tell you they do not have value, they do not have significance in the grand scheme of things. This is what we referred to earlier as the trust me argument. The next pasuk, which we will begin in the next shirud, is in fact the second half of this first unit of Kohelet, and in the second half there is also a parallel comparison between the attainment of Chuchmah and the attainment of material success. But in that argument, in that comparison between Chuchmah and material success, Kohelet will not be using the trust me categorical argument. He will in fact be comparing them in light of uh, certain circumstances. But we will get to that starting in the next year.